Hello, welcome to another edition of the Gobeski Wallace Report. My name is Charlie Wallace. What you drinking there, Adam? Uh, original Fresca. Oh, so grapefruit flavored Fresca, essentially. Yep. Citrus, technically, but yeah, grapefruit. Ooh, the third ingredient is grapefruit juice. Hmm. From concentrate? Yeah, concentrated grapefruit juice. You don't want diluted grapefruit juice. Right. That's just water. What other flavors of Fresca are there? I'm not sure I've had any. There's a black cherry and there's a peach I'm aware of offhand. A peach? Hmm. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, I think I like classic the best. I like the black cherry. Yeah, you would. I would. Who are you? <laughs> I'm Brienne Gobeski. Hello. Hi. Oh, hi. It's been a while since I've been on. Has it? I think so. Oh, maybe not. Uh, The chip tasting episode, which is 75. I thought it was on one more between them. Yeah, she was on a something else. Yeah. yeah. Normally I get lost in the shuffle because there's so many people. Yeah, you were on the one with Paul and Tony and the guest voices. <laughs> oh, that's <Yeah>. right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah, stuffing balls. Yeah, so, stuffing balls. That's right. You're the guest of honor today. So welcome. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Alex and I had a question that, I, well, actually, Brian had a question, but Alex and I also have this question. Shoot. When you have ear sex, is it called a wet willy? <laughs> yes, colloquially. Okay. <laughs> I like the way that was my question. Well, because you brought it up, and then I went, And you huh. twisted it. And then I texted Alex. Wait, you brought up ear response? sex, and he twisted <laughs> it? I think it brought up wet willies. Oh, yeah, oh, oh, oh. And Adam, in his glorious ways. And so I texted Alex, and Alex's exact words were, I can't believe we never thought of that before. <laughs> it's low-hanging fruit. Maybe you guys are going for the more, uh, more advanced <laughs> ear sex jokes. <laughs> I was going to say, it is ear sex jokes. I don't know how much more advanced you can get. Uh, I think we've demonstrated it. Well, yeah, we do re- demonstrate repeatedly, and you keep cutting them out of the podcast. So, <laughs> Well, this Wait, is all staying in. You get this one, Adam. Oh, good. Oh, thank you. I get one every 75 episodes. <laughs> one ear sex episode. Yeah, that could be the title of episode 150. So look, look out for that, listeners. <laughs> An ear sex filled tag show. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want to listen to that. <laughs> Coming to you in the year uh, 2017 plus 10, 2027. In the year of 2017. <laughs> <laughs> See, Brianna, that's not hard. <laughs> you don't have to go to Wet Willie right away. <laughs> there's, there's plenty of room. <laughs> Got to work up to it. <laughs> so, uh, Brianne. So, Adam. I understand that last weekend you participated in an exciting experience that you wanted to tell us all about. I did participate in an exciting experience that was not your sex. <laughs> well, I'm glad we established that. I mean, you could have just yeah. gone ahead and described it and we would have figured that out. But oh, let's, let's preface it. <laughs> yes, I have participated in a <laughs> exciting for, for, experience. For those looking for more ear sex, please skip forward. To <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so no, we were invited to participate in an escape room. Oh, fun, 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 fun. It was a lot of fun. It was the first one that Adam and I had ever done. In fact, it was the first one that anyone in the group that I went to had ever done. So, uh, by the way, listeners, if you're planning on going to the lockdown escape room in Scottsdale to do the chem lab, maybe not listen to this because we're going to spoil the hell out of it. 
big time. <laughs> so move ahead to episode 150 for the ear sex episode. <laughs> so, so since it was a chem lab, is that the reasoning that you went? I mean, with your job and all? Oh, well, actually, the reason we went was because um, my best friend, Tracy, they were still in the, and her husband, who we now call Quasi. Her husband's name is no, Quinn. No, no, no. They together are Quasi. He's not Quasi. No, he's not. His, okay. He's just Quinn. He's Quinn. They're Quasi, like Benifer and Hiddleswift, right? Hiddleswift, <laughs> yeah. Is Hiddleswift still a thing, or did they break up? I feel like they broke up. I think they're still a thing. They're still a thing in my uh, head. Maybe they just had a, a rocky moment. Could you keep up on all those, all that news? Anyway, so Quasi, a.k.a. Quinn and Tracy were celebrating their, I believe, nine-year wedding anniversary and wanted to share their anniversary experience by participating in an escape room. And my friend Tracy is also a biochemist or went and has her biochemistry degree along with me. That's where I met her. And we, she just got really excited about the, uh, the, the idea of working and solving puzzles in a chem lab. Were you surprised that they had invited you along for their anniversary activity? Uh, knowing them, no. Oh, okay. We were only a part of their anniversary activity. We were actually supposed to babysit their kids. We were there for the whole time, man. <laughs> it was a little <laughs> We just sat there and played cards and ooh. Well, then it was suddenly episode 150. <laughs> um, we were supposed to babysit their kids and... All of a sudden, she texts me and she goes, so you guys want to do escape room on Friday? I'm like, are we not watching your kids? She goes, hey, I'll figure something else out. Like, <laughs> they can take care of themselves at this point, right? You know, there's six and four. A hyperactive six and a mature four. Yeah, they'll be fine. It'll be just fine. <laughs> Adds up to 10. Right. <laughs> That's more, more than my behavior level sometimes. So, um... She asked us. She was able to find a Groupon and was able to Groupon, get Groupon, helping you get deals. I'm glad that's still a thing, to... actually. Like, I wasn't, I haven't logged on to Groupon in a very long time. Is it, there's still good deals? Apparently, this was a Groupon for six participants for an escape room and ended up being oh, very much discounted. It was only like, what, 17 bucks for both of us to, mm-hmm. oh, wow. to actually participate. Yeah, it was like half off or something, or 40% or something like that off. Yeah, so it was a really good deal. I mean, it still wasn't too bad as far as price was concerned. But So we got two more of our friends. Particularly since we haven't paid them back yet. That is true. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Currently, it's at zero dollars. This is true. What a deal. (laughs) Groupon. (laughs) Groupon. The easy way to rip off your friends. (laughs) Yeah, so we got... The six of us went for a part of their wedding anniversary to go try and uh, create an antidote for the massive virus that apparently hit the United States. Oh, okay. Was this a fast-spreading virus? Yes, and very aggressive. No, that's not the way they explained it to me. Okay, how did they explain it to you personally? The way they explained it to me was the government, a.k.a. the government, had (laughs) created some sort of virus... And there was a scientist who had the antidote to the virus, but he didn't want to let people have it without working for it for some reason. It was too expensive for even the wealthy, I think he said. Something weird like that. I don't know. It it was a scenario that I had questions about, and those questions were not satisfactorily resolved. <laughs> were you just questioning the premise of the escape room the whole time? 
<laughs> yeah, like Instead they show you like things. a little they show you like a little video, right? And then there's like the attendant standing there and I was like, "So we're not infected right now, right?" And he's like, "No, you're not." And I was like, "So we could just not go break into the lab and we would be fine." Because like, the laboratory was infected. The minute right. you walked in, you became infected. And he was like, yeah, I guess. We like, solved it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Put us down for zero minutes on the board for the record. The whole point of this was for me not to die, right? <laughs> there we go. So the big thing was, though, is that this was also considered the advanced room. Yes, they have three rooms, and this was the most advanced room. And the guy I said, so have you guys done escape rooms before? And all six of us looked at him and go, nope. And he looks at his, and you picked this one to do for your first time. He didn't say that. Oh. He was just sort of like, well, good luck. Yeah, more like, huh, yeah, these guys are going to really have fun. Um, More like, you guys are going big or go home, right? And we're like, absolutely. Yeah, that he did say. Or Um, maybe I said that. I think you said it. But But that was. That was our intent, is that if we were going to do it, we might as well go big. And. And they make you sign a waiver. Yes. Saying, like, if you die, it's not their fault. Oh, really? Oh, and that's what that was, waiver said? You guys were rushing me and I just And then there was stuff it. like, uh, you know, no recording devices or anything like that. You can't call for outside help. But in fact, it's in the uh, terms, it says, please turn off your cell phone. Okay. And I was like, oh, guess we got to turn off our cell phones. And the guy was like, eh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you need to use it as a flashlight or something. Knock yourself out. Yeah, yeah. Not literally knock yourself out because that would probably, even though they signed a waiver, that would probably still make them liable. Yeah, if they told so, you to knock ra- yourself out, yeah, and then you actually yeah. did it, that might be a problem. There was the big giant red button that we were not allowed to push. That was the one thing yeah, he told there, us, do not touch. There's a there's a panic room button if you're like, it turns out you're claustrophobic or something. You can just hit the button and end the scenario. Oh, okay. Obviously, you end it for everyone, but yeah. Right, though everybody's done. Because <laughs> you released the virus into the world and killed the population. Oh, that's the panic button? <laughs> <laughs> Screw this all, we're done. I mean, that's that's what I took away from it. I would rather this experience just be over. <laughs> Kill us all, please. So at that point, I'd say the six of us, we all walked into this little laboratory. And then all of a sudden the door shut behind us and we were locked in. They had a... And that was it. No yep, one, that was it. We just sat there for no, no instructions. Yeah. And their clock didn't work. So for a while, I thought that they just hadn't started yet. <laughs> and then at some point, it was like, oh, I guess the clock just doesn't work in here. It's just going to say an hour the entire time. We're oh, <laughs> do you think you were cheating? <laughs> we're not allowed to start until the clock starts, guys. <laughs> to I mean, there was, an ele- discuss. there was an element of me that was sort of like, I wasn't really going to do anything until the clock started. I was just going to kind of look around. <laughs> but i will say because we were supposed to then we had a walkie-talkie that connected to the guys in the back who were watching us through the camera yeah they allow you three hints through the walkie-talkie oh right and and then if you tell them that your clock is broken they will then give you time updates well we didn't we actually i don't think realized the clock was broken until what we had like 25 minutes left no we clearly the clock was broken at that we know we just didn't know how much time we had until we got finally got a time check and told them we were like oh shoot we have 25 minutes left we better figure this out (laughs) Um, so yeah, we walk in, this is sterile looking room with a big, huge, uh, looks like a big centrifuge in the center. Centrifuge. 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 Uh. Isn't this your job? Uh, it's the big thing that spins. <laughs> carousel? Really, really fast. and A fun carousel? That has to be properly balanced. I think that's still a carousel. <laughs> anyway, but that didn't, we were pushing buttons on that and that wasn't working. There was a lot of, there's a periodic table on the wall. 
was there anything that gave you an indication that you should be pressing the buttons or were you just like stimulus response, <laughs> press this button, see what happens? Pretty much. Stimulus response. Every so often there's a thing that says like, don't open this. Oh. <laughs> it's like, all right. Yeah, we didn't really, we had no idea where to start. We just started like taking evaluation and stock of the room. Yeah. So it was the I, big... I suspect that's why it's the, partly why it's the advanced room. Right. Because it doesn't, they don't tell you anything. Oh. I'm just like, good luck, have fun. Beyond, you need to get the antidote to get out. And like, that's like the only thing they tell you. Right. Everybody needs to be quote unquote injected with the antidote. And then you have to scan yourself. So that the, all, everybody needs to scan to prove that they're no longer infected and then they'll release you and let you out into the oh, public. So then are they watching you to see whether you've done it properly? Yes. Okay. Interesting. They surveil you. And what was neat about So you can't just spend $17 to go have sex in a room for an hour. <laughs> well, you can, but you'll be watched, right? I'm pretty sure that that would be panic room style for uh, <laughs> unlocking the door. <laughs> Especially if there's six of you and only two of you are going at it. (laughs) Well, it was their anniversary and it wasn't our anniversary. (laughs) Just let them do their thing. Leave them alone. (laughs) Just step over them. (laughs) They can spend their time how they choose. We're solving this puzzle. (laughs) (laughs) So um, inside or or underneath the big thing in the center that we had no idea how to turn on. The table. All of it, there's like these big, like <laughs> lab bench. There we go. There's this big box that has, you know, rubber gloves. And so you have to put your hands in kind of like a biohazard style or like a radiation type box. Mm-hmm. And so one part, you know, we we're looking in and there's a big, huge, like canister inside and you have to crack that code to be able to open up something. There was a bunch of plants on one wall. Like we would literally just kind of like walking around going, no idea. And so what happened? What was the first thing that kind of got us started? Uh, so there was the little, there was a box with a bunch of switches and then, uh, binary codes. And so Quinn was playing with that and activated that and turned on some sort of projector type projector thing. that pointed out some diagram that you needed or something. Right. And so on the wall, there was a whole bunch of, uh, like, uh, chemical symbols, element symbols written up on the wall and we had noticed it before, but we were just like, okay, whatever. Well, the projector made a new, like organic chemistry structure and the hexene rings were the ones that were surrounding six different five five, five different um, elements, which was nice to have the chemistry background because I didn't need to use the periodic table because I was just like, oh, look, mercury, iron, silver, <laughs> sulfur, gold. OK, I've got the clues. Here we go. In which I had to have an argument with the physicist yeah, yeah. about what some of the elements were. Yeah, I would say as a physicist, I wouldn't necessarily argue with a chemist about the periodic table. So apparently those elements then went to this like little code that each element stood for a specific like hieroglyph that were all characters on a lock. So I threw my, I put my hands into the rubber gloves and the lock was inside the big box. So I couldn't see the lock. And there were the other two um, girls that were with us were on the other side trying to tell me how to turn the lock so that I could get the right combination so that I could open up whatever was in the box. That one went on for a while when they couldn't figure out the order of the elements until I realized I had a cheat sheet on my side that literally told them exactly what the order was. Oh. And then what happened? You tried to tell them what the order was, right? You tried to tell them. Yeah. And then they came back and when she realized she had a, one of the girls had to get up and look at the thing, the actual picture. And she's like, oh, Adam told that to us wrong. 
Which, by the way, I did not. No, he did not. <laughs> actually, that actually peeved me for a little bit. And I was like, screw you. I'm going to go count some plants. <laughs> so while we are sitting there trying to figure out the combination, it finally figured out they couldn't get it. They were like, we got it. And I tried it. And I'm like, it's not opening. And so they're like, wait, no, it's right. It has to be right. So when I they finally we switched places, I looked and uh, one of the characters on the lock was actually she had it upside down. So we had to redo it. And all of a sudden it opens, which opens the power core and we put it into the system. And then all of a sudden the light turned on on the sun. Sen- sen- uh, now you've got me questioning myself, Adam. Carousel. Centrifuge? Carousel. <laughs> and now we had power, but we had no idea what else we needed Science to do. Science carousel. So at this point, now we go to, at that point, I think you were counting plants. I pretty much just counted plants the entire time while puzzles were solved around me. Every time you want to explain the pan plants. Oh, so there's like three screens on the wall and each screen has like a 10 digit keypad associated with it. You had to work out what the code was. And so one code was related to this color thing that I figured out, but didn't do right. It was like, put these two colors together to get a new color, but I put them together in the wrong order. Apparently the left to right order mattered. So someone went behind me and was like, oh, if I just do this and then, okay, great. And then the other code was something I don't actually know because I was busy counting plants for the third code, which was just, there's a whole bunch of plants here and you have to count the number of poisonous plants and the number of poisonous plants in each jar is the next digit in the code. And I kept miscounting because the poisonous plants and the non-poisonous plants look the same and the thing that told you differently is on the other side of the room. Oh. Hmm. Which we were all standing in the middle of the room trying to figure out our other, the other puzzles so Adam couldn't actually see the plants and ended up yelling at us to move. That was fun. You scared Tracy when you did that. Really? Yeah. Oh, good. But the cool thing about this room was that as we were setting everything up, everything had some sort of an electronic or a magnetic trigger. So there wasn't like most escape rooms from what I've heard is you find a key. It takes you to another lock. You use that physical key to unlock a new lock. Now you have to find the next key. In this one, everything was done digitally. So when we got stuff in the right order, what I think happened is the magnets were just right and the right combination of the magnets is what opened like a door, like a whole bunch of doors. It would just like fly open. It scared the crud out of us there for a while, there for that first one. Huh. Did it? I was too busy counting plants. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Adam, counting plants seems like the sort of thing that you, it seems like the sort of job you give to the less intelligent person in your group. I'm not saying that's you. I'm just saying it seems sort of like busy work. Why were you stuck doing that? Because there were so many people doing the other two puzzles that, and they weren't like letting anyone else in. Oh, I see. And it was like, well, I guess I'm just going to go count plants because that's the only thing that people aren't doing right now. He's saying that, but the thing is that the plants was actually one of the major codes. So had he had not done that, and it was not, it actually was a lot trickier than we had thought um, than I, than I had originally intended, like realized. So he, he's downplaying the fact that he counted plants, but it was really actually very important. And I don't think the others could have actually handled it and gotten the right answer. That's right. You heard it here. The people we played with were not intelligent enough to count plants. I really hope that. <laughs> Except for Ross. Cause Ross helped me. Ross did help you. I helped you too. I found out where the one you were wrong and then actually ended up solving the puzzle so that we could get the code. Oh, yeah, because one of the plants that they marked as poisonous wasn't painted the same way in the 
because they were plastic plants, right? Right. And it wasn't painted the same way in all the, the actual jars as the sample that they had that said it was poisonous. So that slowed me down for quite a while. I was like, this isn't working. The And then so once he was able to put the that number in, then we were able to put in a number. Like there was the one with the colors ended up giving us additional elements. And then we had to put their molecular weights into... Um, is it molecular weights or atomic weight? Stoichiometry. Yeah, it was the atomic weight. You had to put the atomic weight into in that order into the code, and that released it. And then the third one was basically putting a bunch of test tubes in order from their volume, smallest to largest, and then you had to read the numbers that were listed on the test tubes, and that was the next code. But we couldn't get that sixth test tube until we solved the easiest puzzle in the room, and that took way too long for us to figure out how to do that. Well, I think that's partly because you guys immediately took the sheet to go do the code breaking, and the uh, the back of the sheet had the the solution to the to the easy puzzle, and so none of us knew that that solution was there. Yeah, we had no, and I, it took a bit for us to realize that. And then once we figured it out, I was like, really? And it basically solved the rest of the puzzles in the room once we opened up that box. So, what was the context clues that kind of told you whether something was a puzzle or not? Was it that sheet? I mean, otherwise, it's just a bunch of objects in a room. How do you know Nothing. what you're supposed to be doing? Uh, so so the three keypads, each keypad had a symbol by it. So he was like, okay, this one has something to do with the periodic table. This one has something to do with the plants. This one has something to do with the tubes. test tubes. Oh, okay. Beyond that, you had no context. No, you literally had to just try stuff I think out. that's why it was the advanced room. Right. <laughs> and there were some that had some picture clues. Like once we actually realized it, that there was a set of like syringes all with different levels and volumes of colored liquid inside once we realized that the syringes went with the box with the picture of a syringe on it along with the solution on the piece of paper that had a picture of a syringe on it we realized oh these all go together probably should have seen that and it would have made that so much easier gives you a code for the box you can open the box so it was really anytime something was locked there was some sort of a puzzle to figure out the combination to open the box that was pretty much how the whole room ended up flowing but then once we got all the screens going, then we had three chemical structures and we had a whole like table full of test tubes that had a whole bunch of different liquids in it. And we had to figure out which test tubes were the right test tubes to put in the right order within this, the uh, carousel, as we talked about before. And at that point, we had 11 minutes. Is that where we were at? And so once we turned the thing on, all of a sudden it started lighting up and everything started going. And then we hear ding which tells us that something's done. We one of the there was like a tiny little compartment where the door was locked the entire time. All of a sudden we could open the door and there's like it says labeled on it antidote in a test tube vial. Right. So pause to think about this for a second. There's a virus and there's a scientist who can't release the cure for some reason, but wants people to break into his lab so that they can take the cure out into the world for free. Except He's decided to create some sort of Byzantine structure for you to get to the antidote rather than just putting it in a drawer. You have to create the antidote yourself. Maybe. We didn't create the antidote ourselves. We just put the things in and then suddenly the door opened and the antidote was already there. I think it was supposed to be like magically. It's spinning all the test tubes. Everything's getting mixed together. It's all working together. And then, oh, look, here's the antidote. It made the antidote. So he's a bad scientist. I didn't say he was a good scientist. Yes. Okay. Well, maybe it was just his test to see if humanity deserved to live. Mm. If you pass his test, then humanity is saved. Otherwise, we're all doomed. If he had phrased it that way, that would have been fine. But he didn't. He just made himself look like an idiot. Yeah. If it had been established that he was a psychopath, 
<laughs> right. Well, maybe it was secure because if you actually listen to the thing at the beginning, it wasn't the scientist that told us to break in. It was someone who knew that this scientist had an antidote that was hiding it from the rest of the world. Oh, was it? Yes. He's, he was, it was an anonymous tip from apparently what looked like a really wealthy guy. Apparently that's what he was supposed to look like. It's a guy in a suit in an office building. Do you not remember that at the beginning? I wasn't really paying attention. Didn't think so. <laughs> Who needs context? <laughs> so what was interesting is once we had the antidote, now they had this like syringe looking contraption. And so we had to put the vial into the syringe, which then we had to put our hands underneath the syringe and make it pretend like it injects us with the antidote. And then you have to go over to the scanner, the hand scanner that's on the other side of the room. You put your hand on the scanner and then the little screen says disinfected or not. Like you are you know, safe to leave or not safe to leave and must stay and try to figure it out. Well, we, we had the antidote in. We couldn't get it to work. That's when we realized that the physicist, Quinn, put the antidote in upside down. And it didn't trigger the switch. He's not a physicist. Yes, he is. He's an engineer. He has, he's a physicist. He's not a physicist. Yes, he is. Does he work in physics? He has his degree in physics. That's not what I asked. Does he work in physics? Yes. No. Ish. No, he's yes. an engineer. Physics is used in everything. Right. So everyone's a physicist, you're saying. No, but he understands the concepts of physics because he has his degree in physics. That doesn't make him a physicist. Maybe we should ask the physicist. Charlie. Yeah, since he uses his degree. He uses his degree, too. Uh, I will agree with the statement that we're all physicists because we all use physics every day. <laughs> that's that's not what you wanted me to say, but that's what I'm going to say. <laughs> the safe how, answer. How liberal of you. <laughs> <laughs> and absolutely stupid at the same time. <laughs> so far left. Okay, fine. <laughs> From the people who brought you anti-vaxxers. Well, we're all physicists, so I don't have to vaccinate my kid. <laughs> we're all scientists because we use trial and error to make decisions every day. <laughs> That's the heart of science. I hate you so much right now. <laughs> so I guess the you came down to the wire then, right? We did. Uh, not really. And not really. Because once we figured it out, then we couldn't get the antidote out. It was stuck. The Okay, fine. The engineer put it in upside down. And we physically could not get the thing out to trip the switch. And so finally, so I'm like, oh my gosh, this is how we're going to lose this, is that we literally got the antidote stuck, and now we can't get out. This is how the world ends, you know? This is how the world is going to end, because we put the antidote, the test tube in upside down. Sounds like a Twilight Zone episode. (laughs) So finally, we got it out, we got it flipped, and we all put our hands underneath the thing, and then all of us line up to get our hands scanned. And the scanner goes and each one of us and bling, disinfected, bling, disinfected, bling, no longer infected. All of us go through, all five of us. And so then the last one that has to go is Adam. And I'll let Adam continue with the story at this point. So Adam places his hand on the scanner and... It wouldn't scan my hand, like, like at all. Like it wouldn't tell me either infected or disinfected. It just wouldn't scan my hand. So we thought maybe it didn't, the trigger didn't, like he didn't switch it or something along those lines over by the syringe. So he slowly, mind you walks over to the syringe casually thank you yes that was also going to make me angry if that's why we didn't win because adam was taking his sweet time to make it from one side of the room to the other (laughs) and as he comes back it's it still won't scan at all and so i end up putting my hand back on and it scans mine again but then i look and i realize that the entire time while we've been waiting for adam to do his thing the door was unlocked Oh, it was open. 
<laughs> so it would have been even funnier if we didn't win or beat the room if we decided not to actually, you know, open the door. <laughs> so the minute we open the door, the guys um, from the back walk in and they're like, oh my gosh, you guys did great. Like they just were really impressed with us, I felt like. And it didn't feel like an act. So we had six minutes to spare and we say we solved the room. Oh, congratulations. That's how I found out I'm a robot. So my hand wouldn't scan. Oh. <laughs> you didn't uh, so, burn off your fingerprints at some point to avoid detection by the law, right? No, but I guess I don't emit enough body heat or something to register as... <laughs> is that what it is? <laughs> oh, it literally got everybody else. I don't know why it wouldn't scan you. It was very disappointing. He actually talked about it a lot that weekend. <laughs> continuously moping, saying, I didn't get scanned. I'm not human. <laughs> something wrong with me. All I did was count plants. It's like Bart without the soul. And he can't activate yeah. the uh, yeah, automatic doors. Yeah, that's what doors. it felt like. <laughs> that, is a, that is a very direct analogy of what it was like. <laughs> so what were your overall impressions of it? Sounds like fun. Yeah. I don't know. On some level, right, the puzzles were very straightforward. Like I was sort of expecting more Professor Layton style mental gymnastics. And it wasn't really that. It was just like, oh, once you find this piece, then you can use it to uh, move this other piece and you're fine. I see. But I, not once did I have to do anything with matchsticks. So, From what you've described, I th- would think one of the frustrations would be not knowing whether certain things are puzzles or not. Like your hand not scanning could have potentially been a puzzle, right? Like five out of the six people scan their hands and the last person's hand doesn't scan. So you have to figure out why that is. Or was it, did it never seem that obscure? It didn't seem that obscure. I think that was to the point we were overthinking at some points. It was actually very, very straightforward. Once you realized the hints and the tricks that they were telling you. By the way, I was ready to collapse and just lay on the floor and then have them come in concerned and be like, no, I'm just acting. (laughs) Well, there was a couple of things you wanted to do for this. That you wanted to bring with you into the room. Didn't you want to bring your tricorder? Oh, yeah. <laughs> my Star Trek communicator. <laughs> See if I get some advice from Spock. <laughs> what does Spock say on that tricorder? I can't remember. Shall I beam down an armed party? <laughs> <laughs> so then you wanted to go to another one dressed as Professor Layton <laughs> to try and solve all the puzzles. <laughs> yeah, we'll do a themed one. You can be uh, Emmy and Charlie can be Luke. Yeah. There we go. We could go to a history one, one that's more based on history, and go as, you know, Doctor Who and his companions traveling through time. Or we could be Professor Layton. Or Professor Layton. Yeah, or we could, do, we could do two escape rooms, I mean. Yeah. Yeah, so when we came home, we started looking up escape rooms. They should do one where they tell you there's an escape room, and then you solve it, and the door opens, and at that point, you're in a new escape room. Oh, yeah. That's like the plot to the cube. Isn't that just cube, that movie? This is called Cube, Cube, right? Okay, it might be Cube. Have you seen Cube? Yeah, I've seen I've seen Cube, and I might have seen Cube Three, something like that, where they actually go into the backstory of the Cube, which is absolutely ridiculous. Right. Like the whole interesting thing about the Cube is that you don't really actually know what's going on the whole time, and they're like, "No, let's flesh this out, guys. Let's ruin the whole premise (laughs) of the movie." (laughs) The whole point was that every single room was exactly the same, but you never really knew what you were getting into and which room was safe. Right. So it really was. It's like the cube is just a whole bunch of escape rooms mixed into one. Or it was like Saw, you know, and they just these didn't kill us. Yeah, we should make a, 
an, an escape room where, yeah, you open up the last door and it's just a brick wall. <laughs> <laughs> and then everyone sits there until time runs out. And then, and then they, and then you open the door and you tell them the time they won based on when they opened the door to the brick wall. Right. But, but then the, they had to sit there to contemplate their, the futility of, of existence. <laughs> Or that the fact that the escape room, that the door isn't actually the door. And part of the puzzle is to find the door. Oh. <laughs> People just start pressing bricks. <laughs> I did at one point tell everybody to turn the lights off to see if anything glowed in the dark. Because I was curious to see if anything would just glow. I've seen too many of these things on TV. I know how they work. It, I wasn't <laughs> successful. but So it was, I very much enjoyed myself. It was right up my alley. And I got not just because it was chemistry, just because it was like live action computer gaming. It was really fun. I think Adam was sad because he wasn't the smartest one in the room. Well, it wasn't even about that, right? It was just about like people were just like, I'm going to hog all these puzzles. I was like, all right, I'm going to go count plants. <laughs> oh, and then we did ask for one hint because we were kind of getting frustrated. And the hint they gave us was go count plants <laughs> as we were doing. And I'm like, really? I was no. like, I know that. And you know I know that because you're watching me. So, <laughs> yeah. So we wasted a hint. We didn't even need the hint. We wasted a hint on something we were literally in the process of doing. The hint was not like, oh, well, maybe you should recheck this one or something. It was just like, use the code on the one side of the room to help determine the poisonous plants on the other side of the room. And I was like, I know. So we didn't ask for any more clues. Do you think they have a list of clues they're allowed to give or can they wing it based <laughs> uh, on what they see? It sounded like she was winning that. Oh, okay. Right. There was a lot of, um, well, you should, uh... Or I guess the next thing that you should focus on is... Yeah, I see. But I found it interesting that we literally solved the room backwards. Yeah, we went from the hardest puzzle to the easiest puzzle. <laughs> like, we turned on the machine in the center and then went backwards through the hardest puzzles when we were supposed to go the other way. And I think if we had been in an escape room before, we might have figured out the combinations of some of those those codes and some of the hints that they were giving a little sooner, but we still got it. We saved humanity. Oh, good. Thanks. You're welcome. I felt like it was live action pandemic. Hmm. Yeah. Is there any place maybe online where somebody rates escape rooms by difficulty between yes. companies? It is called Yelp. Oh, <laughs> please do tell about this Yelp. So if you hate life, <laughs> you can spread that with others. <laughs> Like a virus. <laughs> Much like the escape room. <laughs> uh, it was a metaphor for Yelp. <laughs> I wonder how this will make you approach escape rooms in the future. With a stick. <laughs> With a stick. Bring your own tools. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing I got my screwdriver with me. <laughs> Sir, please don't take apart the game. <laughs> What's inside this centrifuge? I want to know how it works. <laughs> the centrifuge, the centrifuge that was very obviously a, uh, a, a desktop desktop uh, PC case turned on its side. <laughs> I was sad because I wanted to see it spin and it didn't. It just lit up and I'm like, oh, I'm disappointed now. <laughs> Let's hack into the motherboard, guys. Graham <laughs> was like, is this a real centrifuge? This is crazy. But why does it have USB ports? <laughs> I was like, because uh, it's just a computer case. <laughs> That's not part of the puzzle. <laughs> Go count plants. <laughs> so that's the story of the escape room. Yeah. We escaped. Well, cool. I mean, it definitely sounds like something I want to do. 
We apparently did better than the other group that was doing the easier escape room who went in before us and came out at the same time. Oh, nice. They were what appeared to be intoxicated, even though you weren't supposed to be. We could hear them in the other room being loud, and they came out because she had... Really? Oh, I could hear them. One of the girls before she went back was very much... She went to me because I was waiting to, to use the restroom, and she said, Have you done these before? I was like, no, you're scaring me. I don't know who you are. Hmm. And she goes, okay, well, I'll, I'll see you on the flip side. Who's this flip side anymore? It's like <laughs> Scott's Delights. Apparently Scott's Delights um, do. And so when, when we got out, and we were only like maybe a minute after they were, she looks and she's like, wait, you guys are done? That was the hard room. And she goes, you went in after us and came in right after us, like a minute. It was She was very, very flabbergasted about how fast we did it and so they now want to come back like the next night so they could try and do it faster than us and i looked at the group and i said you you won't (laughs) so these three rooms in parallel are they the same room but with different amounts of guidance or the puzzles easy no no no. they're they're just different scenarios oh so one of the rooms one of the rooms was a jewelry heist you were supposed to steal jewelry so you had to get through their locks and systems to be able to steal the like crown jewels or something like that the other room was something about having to... It was a samurai room. It was a samurai room. You had room. to commit seppuku to get through <laughs> Based on that group of people, they wouldn't. there was no way they would understand what that was going to be. The solution is to kill yourself? <laughs> escape room. Yeah, that's how you escape. <laughs> you escape humanity by escaping the room. <laughs> There's all sorts of like philosophical uh, fortune cookie... <laughs> type stuff around explaining to you that the only way to escape is to escape life. (laughs) You do have to get a sword, a samurai sword. You do have to find it in the room. Well, but I assume it's a katana, right? Not the short blade that you kill yourself with. Oh, I don't know. You have to use the proper blade, right? That's actually part. That's part of the movie. Ron, the Akira Kurosawa film. Mm -hmm. Like he can't commit seppuku because he doesn't have the right blade. And that's why they capture him. Or something like that. It's been a while since I've seen it. So that would be a good escape room where like you get through the entire room to open up this case and it's just that blade. <laughs> You're like, <laughs> really? <laughs> all right. Yeah, that's the door at the end. <laughs> the escape door and all that's there is just the blade on the other side. There's only one way out. <laughs> You've dishonored your family. <laughs> so I think that the escape room would be a lot of fun with with you guys with some of the other guests that you've had on your podcast yeah on the one hand uh six people was probably too many on the other hand i'm not sure we would have gotten through it with fewer than six people just because that meant people could multitask but the downside right it was like there is at least half the room that i have no idea what happened in. i have no idea what any of the puzzles were beyond like the initial state yeah so if you're one that wants to like solve every puzzle because you're a completist or something like that like adam it's actually it can be very frustrating because you're not, you just can't. There's no way you can solve all of them unless you've done it before. You know, like if we went back to the room again and we'd all tackle different puzzles. But even at that point, it would be kind of weird to do it again. Right. Race through that thing and pretend like we didn't know anything that was going on. <laughs> Get done in 10 minutes. We beat the record, guys. <laughs> it's like, I remember you were here last week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was our Earth 2 counterparts. <laughs> <laughs> The thing is, though, I don't think that the guys that would have been back there would have appreciated that humor. I don't think they would have gotten it. I think it would have been passed. They would have gone over their heads. You don't give much credit to you. No, not really. So how come you're doing a podcast with us, Charlie? 
uh, we were supposed to play video games this evening, and we usually do it right, with but... us three and Doug Gobeski, and he is unavailable tonight. But Right, but it's March 2nd, 2017. So why aren't you in line for a Nintendo Switch right now? I don't know. Is that why your brother's not here? No. <laughs> I guess it's possible. <laughs> no, I was actually going to bring up, I read a review on GameSpot, and they said that Legend of Zelda, what is it called? Breath of Wild? Breath of the Wild? Breath of the Wild. Was the most impressive game that Nintendo had ever created. Yeah, I've heard that. That was... That kind of surprised me. I mean, I'm not saying I agree with GameSpot on everything, it's, but for them to say It's been getting that, near perfect reviews. According to Metacritic, it's got like a higher percentage than like Ocarina of Time. Wow. Yeah. It's apparently really good. And uh, you can get it for your Wii U. Can you? It's, it is not a Switch exclusive. It is, it is also for the Wii U. So just the graphics, the downgraded graphics or something along those lines? Or, I mean, I forget exactly uh, what the Switch entails. Sure. It's like... A second screen and like detachable controllers. I haven't really been paying attention, but now I want to. You could think of it almost as like a tablet system that you can hook up to your TV. Oh. And so it's basically, it's a portable system and a home console. Hmm. And apparently, I, I read a review of the hardware. It's It's got some cool features and some really frustrating features. The review I, I read of it said basically, unless you are really into this like it's probably worth waiting to wait for nintendo to fix the problems oh really so it's not just hardware stuff it's stuff that could potentially fix well it's not like major problem i think the idea was like maybe wait for the next iteration in a ah. year or so kind of like how they had the 3ds and then 3ds xl and then the new 3ds um yeah maybe just wait for that because apparently there's just some annoyances with just like the way the controllers feel and how they hook up and there's a bunch of functionality that's like not quite ready yet like the virtual console is not up isn't going to be up on the switch yet and if you want to do chat so you can do like multiplayer and so actually that was one of the neat things it sounds like you could almost do like a land party with switches hmm. like bring four switches and everyone has and you have like eight people and do like controller or something but uh they were saying that they're gonna have a paid service like xbox and playstation i think right but if you want to do group chat, you apparently need to use your phone. What? It was something like there was an app to download to do like, I guess, like a group call basically or something. It sounded really bizarre. Yeah. I mean, Xbox and PlayStation figured this stuff out so long ago. Yeah. I don't know what the holdup is. I mean, I remember the Wii being frustrating from a multiplayer perspective, like trying to get codes from people in order to play online. But this is yeah. two consoles after that. The other thing I read was that apparently... Like they were playing Breath of the Wild and like on the tablet, it runs really great. And then apparently when they hooked it up to the TV, the HDMI, suddenly it got a lot slower and was dropping frames and stuff because the tablet runs at 720p and apparently the TV is at 1080 and the console apparently was having trouble keeping up with hmm. the higher resolution. So I don't know. It sounds interesting, but for me, it wasn't like a day one purchase. Yeah, the game sounds interesting. The yes, hardware itself doesn't. But it is something I want to play eventually now. I mean, that's... Yeah. Might, maybe I'll go out and buy a Wii U. Yeah, that might be a good idea at this point. I don't know what price they're down to. They are still $300. Ew. Wii, Wii U, is, as far as I can tell, never took a price cut at all. Bizarre. And since the Switch is also $300... Oh, that's going to be rough. Well, I think they said they're, stopping, they're not going to make Wii U's anymore, so it's just limited to whatever stock is on hand, I think. So you probably have to actually go to like a GameStop 
and buy a, a used console or something. Refurbished. Refurbed, yeah. yeah. Which I'd be fine with. There's still some games, a lot of games on the Wii U that I want to play. Yeah, there's actually a surprising number of games on the Wii U that it was like, oh, that looks like it would be fun. Like Super Mario 3D World and stuff. Yoshi's Woolly World or something. Yoshi's Woolly World, yeah. Yeah, I would say that, that Super Mario Galaxy for the Wii and Super Mario Galaxy 2 were right up there with Super Mario 3, like my favorite Mario games ever. They were really impressive. And But I, what is it? What game do they have for the Wii U? There's Super Mario 3D World. And then I think there's just new Super Mario Brothers Wii U. Yeah, yeah Super Mario, like the builder. Oh, yeah. And then there's Super Mario Maker. Oh, right. That seemed like a lot of fun. I would constantly see online impossible levels that people had made. We have to do ridiculous yeah. things in order to get through them. Yeah. Weird techniques that I wasn't really aware existed. <laughs> yeah. There is a 3DS version of Super Mario Maker. Oh. I don't have it, but I know it exists. Came out recently. Yeah. But uh, anyway, when I. When I went to, to Best Buy today to or this evening to buy Doctor Strange on Blu-ray, I uh, saw the line of Switch people. There's probably about 20 people waiting already for what I assume is a midnight release. Mm. I guess it could have been a 6 a.m. release, in which case <laughs> they're going to be there a while. But <laughs> Maybe they all have the uh, Nintendo DSs and they can all play with each other. Yeah, actually. So do people pre-order now and then just pick it up at midnight or... Are they waiting in line to be the first to get something, to claim something? So I think, I don't know for sure, but my guess is that stores only get in a certain limited number of consoles. So rather than do it via, via pre-order, they do it by first come, first serve. Oh. Hmm. I mean, I'm pretty, like, like that's how they did it when the Wii came out, right? Because Doug was in line to get the Wii when it came out. And it was basically like, a whole bunch of people in line and then they came out and they were basically like the first 20 people we only have 20 systems so it's going to be the first 20 people and doug was like person 19 oh nice like or no maybe no doug was person 21 or whatever the equivalent number was and then the guy like a guy ahead of him his girlfriend got fed up and basically pulled him out of the line oh no yeah so close wasn't it raining that night too, or it was like crazy no, it was, cold? Well, it was in the middle of November, right, in Michigan. So Doug was just, yeah, it was freezing because he didn't dress appropriately. Do you think that relationship lasted? No, <laughs> I don't think so either. <laughs> just that she she came out to wait with him and didn't understand. She's only willing to wait so long. Yeah, uh, I don't know if we've told this, and maybe Doug can tell it when he's on the podcast, but. I remember that the Wii, I think, was a 6 a.m. launch or something like that, or a 7 a.m. launch or anyway. So he was there the entire night, more or less freezing. I know he bonded with some people watching Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift. (laughs) Anyway, so he ended up getting a Wii. And then I think, so it released technically on a Sunday. So he just went from there straight to church and then came over to Jason in my apartment to help set it up and play it. And we set it up and he probably played it for like 15 minutes before he passed out on our futon <laughs> and so jason and i got to play Wii without uh having to wait in line on the day of release the best of all worlds yeah <laughs> oh yeah i guess uh we'll wait we'll wait here and see where that stands i just got the xbox one so i can't even really consider getting another console at this point oh aren't you just full of money yeah everywhere Since you're off you're off taking vacations. Dollar, month. dollar bills. Yep. Every month. <laughs> well, well, okay. You yeah. Vacation in February. You're taking a vacation next week. That's true. Two weeks. It was, I think, 
about $110 for the round trip ticket to see you. So that was very reasonable. Wow. How'd you make that work? Well, he flew. Uh, Okay. Well, yeah, I flew really crappy airlines. So I, I flew Spirit one way. So I thought Frontier wasn't that great, but I flew Spirit on the way there. And that's by far the worst airline I've ever flown. I flew Frontier on the way back. But then I also did have to pay $30 to get the bus from Madison to Chicago. Still a good deal. That's still, no, it's pretty reasonable. You ought to consider it next time you come up this way. It takes the extra three hours, you know, but... No, it's just like a layover, basically. Yeah. I mean, there's constantly buses going back and forth every two or three hours from Madison to O'Hare or downtown Chicago, actually, too. Yeah, where are you going on this vacation? Trinidad and Tobago. Oh, wait, I knew that. Yeah. I just, I just don't think I realized... That, that's what this one was. But yeah. yes, okay. yes. My old, uh, my old roommate in at Michigan State was from Trinidad and Tobago. Nice. Yeah, it sounds like it's an awesome place to go. And Cara's uncle is from there, so there's family down there, and her family has gone a couple of times uh, over the years, maybe every five years or so. So it's a big thing for them to do this every once in a while. It'll be a lot of fun. Cool. Yeah. It'll be nice weather out, out there. I assume. I I imagine. <laughs> Well, if you run into a girl or woman named Camila, ask her if she had a roommate named Brienne. Oh, okay. Will do. Apparently, she was supposed to like do her... that as much as possible yes. while you're down. Are you Camila? <laughs> just, just stop strangers. No, I'll ask if you had a roommate n- named Brienne first, and then I'll ask her name. There you go. <laughs> you Camila? No. Okay. Well, sorry, you're not her. It's it's my Trinidad and Tobago icebreaker, Adam. <laughs> Does that one come before or after you ask them about American gladiators? <laughs> Ooh, that's a great question. Uh, I I don't think that's my opener. I think the American gladiators, the opener. That's good. <laughs> uh, American gladiators is really big in Trinidad and Tobago. Oh, really? Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> sure. Why not? I mean, it's big Charlie everywhere. Could just, like, Charlie could just make up things and be like, yeah, I was on that show. That was liquid cold magma. <laughs> This was right before it got canceled, so they never aired the episode. <laughs> this is this is a good idea for a show, but let's get some gladiators that are a little bit less fit. <laughs> <laughs> let's get some pudgy people yeah, on there. A little bit more relatable. <laughs> All inclusive. <laughs> Diversity. <laughs> Didn't American Gladiator basically turn into uh, American Ninja Warrior? No. no, those are separate shows. Oh, yeah, basically the same thing. No, or not? No, no, no. American, no, American Gladiator. American fight Ninja. The yeah, American Ninja Warrior. Right? It's just you against the course. American Gladiators is you against three super buff guys and a super buff girl, and the course as they try to kill you. Right. And the American Ninja Warrior course is just more difficult and all at one time. But yeah, you don't have the opposition. <laughs> yeah, there's not a guy coming from the other direction trying to knock you off the wheel that you're clinging to. <laughs> oh my gosh, I would love to see American Ninja Warrior Gladiators. Uh, <laughs> they have they have that. It's called Wipeout. Oh yeah, Wipeout. <laughs> yeah, but that's such a small like arena. I want like a massive American Ninja Warrior style arena where there's people constantly pelting you and so, trying to get things. Most extreme elimination challenge. Yes. MXC. Does that still exist? Every show already exists, Brian. I'm sorry. <laughs> Wait, I thought that was porn. <laughs> what? Wasn't porn like if you can think it or it? it... Oh, Rule 34. Right. Oh. <laughs> I thought you thought Most Extreme Elimination Challenge was porn. 
<laughs> Wait, it's not? <laughs> like, you don't know what they're saying. I mean, oh, maybe. Well, that, yeah. Rule 34 says there's a porn parody of most extreme elimination challenge. <laughs> <laughs> like a parody of a parody. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much, Brianne, for uh, coming on and sharing your escape room story. Makes me want to go do oh, one. You're welcome. Yeah. Maybe they have them in Trinidad and Tobago. <laughs> the whole family can get in. <laughs> well, I don't know. I think it's possible. I think we'll have other things to do. Maybe. Nope. Come to Trinidad and Tobago and stay inside in, in an air-conditioned room. <laughs> they could really be anywhere in the world. No windows. <laughs> and escape. It's like it's like going to Chicago and insisting that you only eat at the Rainforest Cafe. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was Adam Gobeski. And I was Charlie Wallace. I was Brianne Gobeski. Enjoy your day, listener. Is that what we're going to go off with? <laughs> I was better than what I had, which was nothing. <laughs> I mean, I guess it just trails off at this point, right? <laughs> yeah, usually. <laughs> Thanks for listening. You can check out our website at www.gobeskywallacereport.com. Or check us out on Twitter at GW Report. And you can follow us on Facebook, just like the Gobeski Wallace Report. Yeah, and keep listening to episodes, because we enjoy making them, and we're hoping somebody's listening. Well, I'm listening. That'll have to be good enough. One of the episodes is Adam Useman, and he watched War Games, and he was like, yeah, I had never seen it but i pretty much guessed exactly what the movie was going to be just based on everything he had ever heard about it or references and things like that he still enjoyed it but he'd better have yeah i know it's a good one that's right matthew broderick doesn't take his shirt off in just any movie <laughs> that's the only one i've seen <laughs> uh doesn't he he does take his shirt off in matthew in uh ferris bueller's day off right ah he didn't in tower heist though wait did he in tower heist it seems like he may have done that in tower heist <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was like, I didn't think he did an election, but then I was suddenly worried that maybe he had taken a shirt off an election. <laughs> Why are we worried about this? Suddenly we're worried about this. <laughs> it's time for Matthew Broderick shirt watch 2017. Call, call Tony Hoff, he'll know. <laughs>